right, guys. Welcome to week four of Blood, Sweat, and Beers. Uh, we got a pretty exciting episode lined up this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about the dumb things that we justify to ourselves that we should spend money on. Um, what life is like going by a nickname, um, which I do oftentimes in uh, the sports world, and some weird habits and routines that uh, we keep during our lives. So uh, stay tuned, uh, and we're going to get right into it. I am so excited about this episode, Christy. I know we have to catch up on the past week of what you've been doing, how training has been going in the Olympic Training Center slash bubble, mm-hmm. and hearing a little bit about what you've been up to lately. Yeah, well, so uh, everyone that was tuning in to hear how my Bronco went, um, I got a very lucky break, and I have another week to uh, stress about it. So we didn't have to do it yesterday, so that's coming for you next week. Um, so we're going to have to delay that update. But overall, um, like we had our first day of training in our little bubble groups. Um, and it was just so amazing to be back on the field. I saw just you like- choosing. You, you took a selfie of your group and it was so fun to see how excited you were. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it, it kind of feels like coming home in a really cool way. Like, yeah. I was thinking about it. I was actually talking to one of my friends and I was like, I feel like, you know, being an athlete my whole life, I've always had like fields that I've always like considered to be like my home. Um, So like it was my high school field when I was growing up in Franklin. um, And then it was my college field when I was playing soccer in college. And like now it's the training center field. And so just like, you know, the walk down to the field, like I was so giddy and excited to get out there and just seeing people running around again and getting to be back out on the field with like seeing all of our personnel and my teammates, even from a distance. Like it was just really nice to like, you know, the band was back together again and we got to train again. And I was just, I couldn't stop smiling all day. Oh, I love that. It it seems like everyone's coming together and and you have this direction of where to go or um a true north. And I think that is such a root like an anchoring piece of the team that is really remarkable for you all. And I think something that can bring you closer together as you work and train together through this. Right. And just like all of us have been training by ourselves for so long that just like getting back into like the group environment was just so refreshing. And there's just such a camaraderie and getting to play with other people and just feeling that again was just, you know, it made my heart really happy. I'm I'm really excited to be back. <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. So next week you get to stress over um, the Bronco test. And let me tell you, this past week, I looked up YouTube videos of the Bronco test, asked on Twitter, asked on Instagram what it's like. And every single response, I'm sorry to tell you this, which you already know, is that it is the most painful thing that someone can do. And I watched it and I was like, oh, no chance. You know, in my mind, I think, oh, I can manage that maybe at a glacier rate. And I I just, I could not make it in. I probably wouldn't make it under 10 minutes, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, it's no joke of a test. Um, You know, we're, we train to be put through like tests like that, that are really going to challenge us. And it's definitely a very big challenge. Uh, You know, you just feel like, you know, your, your lungs are, burning and your legs are screaming at you um but it's just like how hard how like how much can you will yourself to get through it and like how fast can you do it how hard can you really push yourself so it's as it's as much a mental battle as it is a physical battle but it's uh definitely no joke 
That's awesome. So what's been going on? How's the cat? Um, new hobbies? Have you been hiking? What you been up to? Uh, the cat is great as always. Um, I've seen her a few times over the last few days. Um, I actually also met, um, a, a puppy that lives upstairs. Um, so getting all types of pet interaction out here in California. Um, oh but there's just really, yeah, so there's this really cute, um, he's a, a mini golden doodle. Uh, his oh. name is Bruno and he's like six months old. So he's just like a little puppy that's so excited. Um, so I actually met him this weekend. So that was really nice. He's an adorable dog. Yeah. It's a good name too. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a really cute little guy. So it's been nice just to get to benefit from being around so many different pets cause I miss them. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. And yeah. surfing, I hear yes, you. So, well, perfect spot to be. I mean, San Diego is fantastic. And I was quite surprised you hadn't been into surfing much before. So ha- is this your first time? Um, yeah. First time? No kidding. Yeah. So, uh, so it's something I've been like debating for a while. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to pick it up as a hobby because it is kind of an investment. You know, you got to get a wetsuit. You got to buy a board. Like, it, there's an investment in it and there's like the aspect of like, it's not that easy. So it's going to take a while to be kind of good at it. Uh, but I kind of thought about it and I was like, okay, like if based on like my life plan, I'm going to be living in San Diego for a few years, I'm going to be really upset if I leave San Diego and like, I never learned how to surf. Oh, so, you know, that's going to come up in every single conversation. Right. Oh, where are you from? Oh, where do you live? San Diego. Oh, do you surf? Yes, you exactly. Have to be prepared. Exactly. So I'm really just trying to prepare for that moment of conversation. Um, so I was like, no, like also uh, like li- being in like kind of this bubble situation, like there's not a ton of things that we get to do. So I was like, surfing is a great social distance activity. Like it's outside. Uh, so my roommate and I decided to kind of like go full speed ahead. And so we like, we invested in it. We bought boards, we bought wet- wetsuits. Uh, and I've been twice now. Um but I'm definitely very financially invested. So it's definitely a new hobby of mine, even if I'm not that good at it for a while. Oh, that's amazing. So you bought a board and a wetsuit. You need a wetsuit or can you just wear, um, what do you call those? Like a sun shirt or? Like a rash guard. A rash guard. You see, I've yeah. got all the terminology, right? So you got a wet, a full on feet, toes through the, the, the leggings, like neoprene. Yeah, like ankle, wetsuit. yeah, ankle through wrists, yeah, a full wetsuit. Um, oh, but, yeah, the water's pretty cold. Um, so if you want to, like, be able to be in the water for, like, a few hours of, like, trying to surf, like, you kind of need them. Um, the water's only, like, 60 to, 60 to 65 degrees out here, which is not that warm. I always expected it to be warmer, but it's really not that warm when you're like in the ocean. So it's kind of necessary if you want to like be out there for a while. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Okay. So you are invested. Do you have a GoPro? Because we need footage of this. I do not have a GoPro and I don't know that everyone would want footage of this because, you know, it's very much so just like footage of me trying to stand up and falling or like just like getting smashed by waves because I don't know what I'm doing yet. So, I mean, I guess surfing is really, really hard. I've been a couple times and it looks easy it, it is so so hard and to get out there and to keep you know get, getting hit down by waves knocked down and still deciding to stand up again and go out yeah. over and over again it is no joke it's no joke and it's a nice little metaphor for life too i think if if you frame it that way 
Um, But also I think it's just, um, I'm now, you know, going to be stubborn enough that I am going to keep doing it until I'm good at it. So like, it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse in my life that that stubbornness, but you know, it's going to make, I'm going to make sure that I can surf by the time I'm, uh, but by the time I leave San Diego. So I love it. That's amazing. So, so excited to hear that. And, um, it just sort of catch up on that. And I know what you mean by being financially invested in it. That's what happened with my bike last weekend. Mm -hmm. I really did not want to buy a brand new bike and I was surfing on Nextdoor and Facebook marketplace and just came up empty handed. And there's actually a bike shortage right now. Um, Everyone's just trying to get outside. Yes, exactly. In a responsible way. And I am no mountain biker. I'm not going down ski hills 100 miles an hour. I am not off-roading. I'm not jump, even jumping the pavement. And I am not about to ride the Tour de France either. So I don't want any of that skinny wheel shit either. Mm-hmm. I need a hybrid that I can cruise through the park with. Might even get a basket. Who knows? For, you know, oh. like exactly for a picnic or whatever in the park. Very, very cute, right? And... um ended up buying one that I didn't intend to, but I'm so, so excited about it and definitely invested in, okay, got to get on the bike now and go riding. Now you're like, okay, especially like the first few times that or like first few days after you make a purchase, you're like, like that, you're like, oh, I got to do it. I got to do it. Like today's a great day. You know, you're just so ready to make sure you're getting your money out of it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, But have you ever done one of those bicycle bike the, the social tours right you know where you on sitting on either side of it and there's beer or a bar in the middle and you're just cycling somewhere which I'm not actually sure if it's being powered by the people actually pedaling I feel like there's got to be so I've never done one I've always wanted to do it it's like I, w- I don't want to say like a bucket list item, but it kind of is a bucket list item. It's just something I've always wanted to do with like my friends. Um, I don't foresee it being something that I can do for a little while now because of the world we now live in, but I've always wanted to do it. I think it'd be so much fun. And like in a lot of cities, it's like a, they do it like a bar crawl almost. Like it's like you do this like bike pedal to the, like to, to all these different bars. And I was like, that is so up my alley. It's insane. Yeah, that looks so much fun. I've always seen them at the tail end of their cycle, wherever they're going, and it is a complete nightmare. So sounds fantastic. <laughs> I would definitely it does. I mean, one, one of those. You know, like you get you get a little bit of activity if you want it. Like I'm pretty sure that they have to be powered by a motor because I'm sure that like as people get progressively drunker, they're not pedaling that well. There's but, no way. No right, but, possible way. I really like the idea of like being active while still getting to drink beer. Like I, I think that's a great combo. <laughs> right. I love it. Like, um, well, have you ever heard of like a beer mile? No. What is that? So a beer mile is like, uh, so it's basically, uh, you know how a, a mile is a four laps around the track. Yes, yes. So it's basically like you chug a beer and then you run a lap and then you chug another beer and you run another lap and you do it four times. So it's yeah. like a beer mile. So you'll have four beers and run a mile. Yeah. Um, so I've never done one, but I have always thought that that might be like one of my callings. I think that is 100% a strength of yours. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, like, you know, 
I so I don't I don't consider myself a distance runner. I consider myself kind of a short distance runner. So I'm like one lap around the track, like that can't be that bad. And I'm like I can chug a beer. So I feel like I've always wanted to do one. I've never like gotten into the situation where I've been like um, actually like invested in doing one. But I've always thought like in the back of my brain like that could be something that I might be pretty good at. Oh, 100%. I'm signing you up for that. Wherever there's a league or a competition, right. I'm 100% putting you forward. Don't even relay me into this situation. You go straight for it. You're running all four laps. Right, exactly. So I just, that idea of like, you know, being active while drinking, I'm really into that. I've always thought that it, it was a, a great combo for me. Okay, so what about if there is a gap in your season or a gap in your training of sorts, can you document this? Like, can you actually, can you put this to the test for us? Have your four beard lined up, start the clock and, and demonstrate this. Cause I feel like this is quality content that the world could use right now. I think if we get a gap in training, that's like significant enough for me to do this to my body. Yes. Otherwise, everyone is just going to have to wait till after the Olympics and I'll very happily do it after that. So oh, it's like, yeah, I'll do your stupid beer trick after the Olympics, Tammy. Right. No. <laughs> priorities. Priorities. We got to have an order of priorities. I here. mean, okay. We weighing these up. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, unless we get, which I don't really foresee us getting that long of a break before then. So we might have to wait. So sorry. No, wait, wait. Why would you need that much long? Why would you need that length of time? I just, I mean, I don't like in, in like kind of a general rule, I don't drink that much while we're full training because it's not great for your body. Yeah. <laughs> so like drinking four beers and I don't know how long it will take you to do that whole thing. 20 minutes maybe um, is probably not the best thing for me. So I like, <laughs> I don't know if I'd make it around the second track after I do that. So I mean, yeah, I've seen well, you, shotgun. I've seen you shotgun a beer, so I don't, it might take, <laughs> you might lose some time there. <laughs> okay, easy, easy, Tiger. <laughs> Maybe I'll put it to the test one day. Who knows? Might surprise you all. Tide you over until Christy comes back from the Olympics. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Casual. You can do it in the meantime. I'll just coach you Casual. through it. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking yeah. of, um, Christy, what is, uh, and you, you, you mentioned in the beginning, uh, nicknames. So yeah. do you have a nickname? Am I calling you by a nickname? What do uh, I not no. know? No, you're calling me Christy, which I'd say you're probably in the 1% of the people oh. that I know that call me by my first name. Oh, my, do we, why don't we change this? Is this, this is really strange. I feel like I'm this outsider. Um, well, it, it is my first name, so it's definitely like a very justifiable thing to call me. But, uh, I'd say like 99% of people that I know and interact with that aren't my family call me Kirsch. Oh, okay. So, yeah. okay. So when you're meeting new people, you say Christy or do you say Kirsch? So every time I meet new people, I have this really, really fun moment of indecision where I don't know how to explain what to call me. Um, I'd say it usually depends on like who is introducing me or like who it is that I'm meeting. But like, so like if all my friends back home and all my teammates call me Kirsch, like every single one of them, like my coaches and everything. So it's like very rare that I hear my first name. So if it's like one of them introducing me to somebody new, I'm like, I'm always like, I always do this really fun dance of like, Oh, hi, like my name is Christy, but 
you're going to hear all of them call me Kirsch because that's what I go by. Um, and so I do this like really fun thing where I actually can't introduce myself for about a minute because I'm trying to explain where all of this comes from. Oh, I didn't get that introduction. Well, no, you guys were already calling me Christy, and I was like, that is my first name, so I might as well just uh, roll with it. But May as well roll with it. Okay. Yeah. I get, I, okay. What? Uh, anything else? Any other? Well, so like it's no, but like it's so prevalent in my life. So first of all, like my name is Christy Kershey. Yeah. So, but Kirsch is one syllable, so it's really the perfect sports nickname because it's very easy to yell on the field. You know, it's one syllable. Like it's very easy. So all my teammates call me Kirsch, but both in college and like on the World Series, um, announcers were calling me Kershi because that's the proper pronunciation. And I had a bunch of people reach out to me being like, oh, like they're saying your name wrong. Like we got to get on this. Like, we got to make sure they're saying it right. And so then I had this moment of like where I had to break it to like my team. I was like, oh, no, like they're saying it correctly. Like my last name is actually Kershi. I just go by Kirsch because it's simpler. Um, I feel like I've been doing this dance like for years because I very rarely go by my first name Um, unless it's like, you know, like my family or um, like people who are like first meeting me. That's when I I go by Christy. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to Kush on the field. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. Uh, it's kind of silly, but yeah. So like when my friends or like teammates have listened to this podcast, they're like, they're like, Oh, it's just so weird. Like they keep calling you Christy. Like, I'm like, who is Christy? And it's just like, it's like gets so disassociated from me from people who like call me Kirsch consistently. That's it's, it's just been kind of funny. And it was brought up to me this week. So I thought it'd be interesting to address here. Okay. Thank you for addressing it from now on. You will be Kirsch. <laughs> you can call me whatever you want. I mean, you've gotten I like used this. to calling me Christy, but no, I'm just saying no. like, um, no, I'm in here for the course correction. I'm in yeah. here for the course correction now. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's my name. It either is very fine, but yeah, like most of the time I go by Kirsch so that sometimes like I don't even respond to Christy if I like, if I'm not like primed <laughs> for it. <laughs> that's amazing well thank you for keeping me in your one percentile of people that have yes. stuff with your first name um that's funny i'm so my name tammy t-a-m-i is not short for anything and i don't have a middle name either you don't um, have a middle name no i don't have a middle name and mm. so i my close friends don't call me tammy i mean i introduce myself as tammy everywhere in business in work Everywhere I introduce myself as Tammy, but close friends and family call me Tam or some other Tam Tam, whatever it could be beyond Mm -hmm. that. But if someone calls me Tammy in my close circle, I'm like, oh, what is the matter? Someone is pissed. I'm, there's trouble ahead. Um, Yeah, exactly. You're like nervous because it's like the proper use of your name. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of exactly yes. how i feel about christy i'm like whoa is my mom calling me like well, yeah. in trouble you know yeah oh and if my mom calls me tammy oh it's over i may as well go sit in the corner and just sulk for the rest of the day really so you're like always kind of in trouble if you get your first name yes for sure <laughs> especially with family uh close friends as well not so, uh, and you know not so much at work but it, 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 business in terms of just meeting folks or being on here, I definitely introduce myself as Tammy. Other people would introduce my uh, introduce me as Tammy as well. So it's really strange. But then 
some folks would call me McQueen by my last name or um, that's what I would that's like how like I as somebody who goes by their last name it's like a lot of times I'll start calling people by their last name just as yeah. like a see how they react to it type of thing yeah um, totally but totally. McQueen the Tammy McQueen is a pretty sweet one to have yeah, it's pretty sweet. When I was a kid, I was mocked. I was ri- ridiculed so much in school about my really? last name. Why? Yes, I was so self-conscious about it. They were always like, oh, where's Mr. King? Where's Mr. Oh. King? It was so But You know what, kids? Kids can be really mean, especially in middle school. And that was an actual thing. And then I got older. I'm like, oh, I actually have a really sweet last name. Yeah. You can yeah. like make a lot of cool nicknames. Even like going by McQueen is like pretty yeah. cool. But yeah, yeah, no, kids are kids are brutal, so I definitely understand that. <laughs> awesome. Well now we have new names for each other. We will be rebranding folks. Thank you very much. <laughs> As uh Kirsch and McQueen. That kind of rolls out the, the tongue pretty nicely, I'm not gonna oh, lie. Oh that does that does work well. Yeah. Kirsch well let McQueen. us know if you if you prefer this. Um and to all of Kirsch's teammates i apologize for the past three hours that you endured listening to me say christy um thank you for the association and setting me on the the straight and narrow here um but if you have a different nickname or cool stories of that i'd love to hear about it too or if you figured out how to properly introduce yourself to people because i am 25 going on 26 and still struggling with it (laughs) so please (laughs) Any tips that you can send my way on how to introduce myself are greatly appreciated. Yeah, totally. Um, well, with that and, you know, the nickname that you have on the pitch and what, do you have any weird habits and routines or rituals? I've always been so fascinated by this, especially from a tennis perspective with um, Rafael Nadal having an intense uh, ritual. And then I once heard that Michael Jordan puts his left shoe on first and I was so into winning and playing hard that I started putting my left shoe on first and I still put my left shoe on first so I mean <laughs> like in your you regular every like in your regular everyday life you still put your left shoe on first oh of course absolutely and it got so bad that I now put my left shoe out on the floor in the morning if I get out of bed that's got to be the left foot that touches if not I got to get back in bed and then put the right foot the, the the correct left foot down which that might be bridging over to like ocd tendencies i mean maybe a little bit but please no one call in and tell me this but i'm totally living the michael jordan lifestyle i mean it, it just is like kind of superstitions you know like i totally get that that's huge in sports oh i'm so superstitious it's, yeah. it's, it's actually quite embarrassing but yeah. do you do you have anything like this or am so I-, I definitely do i mean i would definitely say i'm i'm a super i'm a little superstitious um i've got, tried to get better at it over the years like i used to be a lot worse um i used to be like really like oh everything has to be the exact way that i want it but i've so i have a few so like also i have a very similar pregame routine in terms of like putting on my uh, like socks and shoes. Like I always have to do left sock, right sock, and then I put my left cleat on and then I put my right cleat on, but then I have to tie my right cleat first before I tie my left cleat. Like, I don't know why it's always, it's just always been that order. And then it's like, but my right foot has to be ready first, mm, which is weird. Interesting. Okay. Um, wow. So I, yeah, so like I, that started with me in college, like when I was getting ready in the locker room, like with my like, 
uh, like when I was playing soccer, like I would have, I'd do like my like left shin guard, right shin guard, left sock, right sock. Like I'd, I'd do the whole process, but it was always right foot was fully tied and prepared first, even though we start with the left. Um, which is just a weird thing I do. Like I have no explanation for it. Like I don't have the Michael Jordan story. It's just truly just a weird thing that I do. That's amazing. Um, and you just do it. It's now just part of your, your psyche. That's just what you do. Yeah. Like I don't thinking about it. No. Like when you asked this question originally, I had to think about, I had to think about the order because it's just something that I so specifically do every time without thinking that like I had to actually think about it. Inter- like how I put them on I had to like go through it like I like pulled out some socks and I was like okay like if I was getting ready for a game what would I do and I had to like kind of run myself through it so I could remember the exact order that's um, amazing I love that yeah but it's weird I think everyone has those things too um I also oh, have this like this one that I get made fun of for a lot from my teammates um I you know, I would say I would not not a, I'm not a sensitive stomach human. Like I, I'm not somebody who's like I don't I wouldn't say I have a sensitive stomach, but I'm very particular about what I eat on game days. Um, and like we have tried, like we have a dietitian who works with our team, and so like you know she's very specific about like what we should be getting in our bodies before we play games and like in between games and like stuff like that, just like from a fueling perspective and from like a scientific perspective, like what we should be eating to like perform in our best. And despite all that learning and like everything, I still can only eat peanut butter and banana sandwiches on game day. Well, so that's breakfast. You take two pieces of bread and peanut butter and then you slice bananas or do you eat yep. a banana separately no 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 yeah you slice the banana onto the bread you toast oh, the okay bread. Wait, wait, wait this is um elvis used to do this yes 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 how did you get into how did you figure that out it's just I, it's always i've always really liked peanut butter so i think it started there and like when i was a little kid before like soccer tournaments i would just eat like peanut butter toast and it just kind of expanded out into like the banana is like also good for me. And so it's just expanded into peanut butter banana. It's been something I've done since high school. And so now it's like uh, before games and between games at tournaments, like at tournaments, we will have ga- days where we will have three games in a day. And in between them, the only thing that I can like get myself to eat is like peanut butter banana. Like some of my teammates amazing. will be eating like, it's just like such a weird thing. Like some of my teammates will be eating like, uh, you know, like grilled chicken and like spinach and like, you know, really like healthy foods. And I just like cannot get my brain or stomach around pretty much anything else besides peanut butter and banana. Um, That's amazing. So if you are playing a, t- um, a, a match with the team, the national team, are you packing your own peanut butter and banana sandwiches? So most of the time when when we're at tournaments, like they have a whole like basically like I wouldn't say cafeteria, but like similar to a cafeteria for all the athletes. Um, but yeah, I bring I make sure to bring my own peanut butter and um, I make sure to bring my own bread just in case because we've gotten into some situations <laughs> where they like those weren't available. Um, like 99% of the time they have bananas there. So that's not something I worry about that much, but I make mm-hmm. sure I bring my own peanut butter and I make sure I bring my own bread just you in bring case. a loaf of bread, not a loaf. I'll bring, well, like I'll, I'll bring bread. Uh, yeah, like I'll bring a loaf, but, or I'll buy a loaf when I get to someplace, but I'll only bring like four pieces for the day. This uh, is amazing. 
but yeah, it's very specific. And I, it's, you know, it's both like a, I think it's very much so like a comfort thing. Like it's something that I know I can eat and I know, know how it's going to like sit in my stomach. And so like, I know how I'm going to feel when I'm playing with that in my stomach. So I like it in that way, but also it's just, I, I don't know. I like, I've tried many times, like our dietitian has tried to get me to eat different things. And I just, I'm like, Nope, I, like, I just can't do it. Just got to stick to my peanut butter and banana. And you know, like, honestly, I think it's worked for me uh, like this far. So like, I have no reason, yeah, no kidding, no motivation to change it, but you can be very sure that come the Olympics, I will be carrying around my own loaf of bread and my own jar <laughs> of peanut butter. We need a, a wonder sponsor. What is it? Wonder bread? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wonder bread. Yeah. Wonder bread. We need a sponsor. Or just Olympics. like uh, Skippy peanut butter, you know? Really, oh, yeah. Really okay, wait. Fan. And crunchy, right? I think we spoke about this. I have an either, whatever I can get my hands on. I, I, okay. I do not have strong preferences. Okay, okay. I do have a strong preference. I am unsalted crunchy. Well, seeing as you eat it for breakfast, um, I, I see you having a stronger preference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then I know we chatted about this before, but Miracle is yes your oh, favorite uh yeah so it's it's my favorite sports movie um this is also weird th- i've actually never admitted to this before like i've never talked about this one before like um the sock thing is like a lot of people have like a weird sock or chew thing like you know we both have one michael jordan had one and then the peanut butter banana thing is you know everyone knows that who's ever played a sport with me because it's all you'll see me eat um but yeah, so the miracle thing is something that started when I was in college. Um, and so it's now something that I like run, you know, that like iconic scene in the locker room before the, oh, uh, who doesn't? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So that like iconic like locker room speech, um, the, just to refresh everyone, it's the great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. Um, and then he goes on, um, he speaks for a little bit longer, but so every time when we're walk, when we're like lining up in the tunnel, um, I'm running through that in my brain. So you yes. saying this to yourself, reciting it, you just know it or, or what? You, yes. you take so, yourself into the moment of miracle and you, you're thinking of that whole scenario. I don't know that I take myself into like the moment of miracle, but I just have always like really related to those words. And so it started when I was in college and we were like walking down to the field and it's just, for me, it's like a little bit of getting into the mindset of like, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a great opportunity and you have put yourself in a great place and it's like, you just have to go out there and take it now. And so it's just like, it kind of hypes me up a little bit, like because the miracle scene is so exciting. Um, it hypes me up a little bit, but it also just like connects me to the moment and like reminds me like, this is an incredible opportunity, like do the most with what you have in front of you. Oh, that is so cool. Thank you for sharing that. That is awesome. Yeah. I think anytime I watch that movie or I see you lining up, that is definitely going to go through my mind. And it's such a, that's really, really cool. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for that. yeah. That's, that's, that's really awesome. Yeah, but so, yeah, that's my other little weird, I guess, um, ritual, I'd say. Yeah. Superstition, I guess. It, it just, I can't even, like, get in the tunnel now without thinking about it, so... <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. I'm, I think that's going to be such a great visual. I think when you're lining up at the Olympics and we see you coming out, that's going to be such an, oh, it's going to be awesome. That's going to be a goosebump times two moments. 
Yeah, it, it's, I mean, even at any of our tournaments, it's still like, it almost gives me goosebumps um, to like think about it in the tunnel. So hopefully now all you guys will know what's going through my brain right before I run out into the field. This is amazing. So, I mean, it feels a lot more real now and tangible that you all training again. Um, Definitely. Not training again. You have been training while you, just now all together at the official sort of Olympic training center. Um, does that sort of give you a different mindset by any chance from where you have been now that you have that right in front of you? Or is that even something you discuss or not really? I mean, we've talked a lot about this week, like really recognizing and being grateful for like being back together. And so like our coach kind of challenged us at the beginning of the week and he was just like, be really conscious of this week and how you feel this week and like how grateful we all are to be back together, um, which I think is a really gr- great way to prime the week because, you know, it's it's like a renewed sense of um, like commitment is how I would describe it. Like, you know, we all knew what we were working for, but being back together is just like a renewal of like, this is what we are all sacrificing for. This is what we are all committing our lives to. And just, you know, that feeling of knowing that everyone around you is in the same boat as you is really powerful. And um, it is something that you're, it just makes you feel really grateful for everyone around you. Oh, that's amazing. And I think also as we carry on with, you know, checking in week after week, just understanding, and, I, and I'm not even sure if you can even relay this to listeners or what that, what, what it really entails, but I think the understanding of, what does it take to be an Olympic athlete? And I think, you know, you come on and you, you say, Oh, you know, I had training, made some breakfast, dinner. This is what I eat. These are my rituals. I go to bed. I don't really drink, but I don't think people really grasp what it takes to be an Olympic athlete. Um, and I'd love to dive into that even more and sort of be sort of share some of those sacrifices and maybe to into you they don't feel like sacrifices but really really sharing and like peeling the layers away as to what it takes to be an olympic athlete yeah i mean i think that's i think as things come up it's definitely something we can talk about because i think there is a lot um behind the scenes that i think people don't necessarily recognize um and i think also it's, it's a commitment and it's like a a crazy commitment and it's basically, it's your entire life, um, in a way that I don't think necessarily all jobs are. No, 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 no. Um, and you know, it's, it's glamorized on, on TV, on social, being a professional athlete, but really the commitment to it, this is your life. And we, we talk about that so frivolously and so lightly and say, oh, it's my life, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. But the true commitment to that is un- unlike anything we could probably wrap our heads around. And yeah, just not mentally, it's, but it's, it's just not a mental challenge, but it's also a physical undertaking on your body that takes yeah. such a beating. Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely is something that is glorified. Glorified. Wow. Glorified. Thank you so much. I just, I just combined those two Glorified words. Um, I love it. Quick, everyone drink for that really awkward moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is something that's definitely glorified. Um, and it is, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it is such an incredible opportunity. And I'm so grateful 
for the opportunity to be doing this and like to play a sport for a living. You know, it's every little kid's dream. But I think in the way that we glorify it, there are some things that like um, there are some parts of the sacrifice that I don't don't always get um, seen or understood. Uh, and so I think it I think it definitely leads to a really interesting conversation just when you understand like really how much is committed to this and how like when I look at my teammates and people have been doing this for years, it's like you really kind of start to understand the magnitude of the sacrifice and like how long you're kind of putting the rest of your life on hold to chase down uh, the Olympic dream. It's incredible. Well, I'm so excited that we get sort of a behind the scenes, but a real and raw account of what this looks like. Um, and I, I'm super excited to share this and with you as well. Um, I was just scrolling through Twitter quickly and I, and I asked some folks if they had any pre-match rituals or if they're an athlete or were an athlete. And I got something super interesting and I'm going to read it to you. This is from at P wagon 60. Are you ready for this? Oh yeah. Nights before the match, two Vita Coco coconut waters, a full round of 18 on Tiger Woods PGA Tour 13 and laying out the kit. Day of match, wrote on a rock the opponent and placed it next to a statue of Mary on campus. He went to a Catholic school. Team breakfast at the dining hall, two bananas. So there's something about bananas. Yeah, good energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive to the game. Same playlist in the same order, cutting off the last song at the exact same time, no matter what. At the field, half a red Gatorade gel pouch, boots up, make sure not to touch lines or kick the ball. Pre-game, <laughs> half a red Gatorade gel pouch, prayer, and and then kick off. That yeah, those are pretty specific. Yeah, yeah, you can't make that up. That oh, also, I didn't like to step on the lines on the tennis court um, between points. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can definitely understand that being a thing. But that was a pretty specific ritual, and I think that that type of ritual, like you have to make sure that you are totally in control of like your total environment. And I think I very much so used to be kind of more in that camp where I would have a much longer ritual before things. But I think, you know, as, you know, I've kind of progressed on and realized that I don't always have that much control over the situation. It's just I've kind of pared it down to the few things that I do before games. That's awesome. I love it. Um, switching gears a little bit. I have been in lockdown, quarantine, self-selected social distancing since March 13th, I believe it was. And we are now in August. And I haven't been spending frivolously on ridiculous things like some dumb things and this is something you brought up and you said what is the one dumb thing you can always justify spending money on what is that for you coffee coffee like driving coffee 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 shops that sort of thing or buying beans any honestly um, uh, but you know what? That's I think that's part of the rugby culture. Coffee. I hear every single um, rugby player talk to incoming players for the Free Jacks. Um, just the overall community is really centered around coffee. 
Yeah. I mean, it is. I think a lot of my teammates are like very into coffee and like are, I'd say, more coffee connoisseurs and kind of understand coffee in a way that I definitely don't. I just have always really liked it. Um, it started back when I first started drinking coffee in high school and it was kind of like, you know, I grew up in like a suburban town in Massachusetts. And so like going to get coffee with your friends was like a thing to do. And so I've always just been able to justify it. Like, I'm like, oh no, like I'm, this is an activity I'm doing. Like I'm spending money on, on the whole process, not just on the coffee. Um, so I've always been able to justify like going to get coffee. And now it's something that I do way too often when I don't need to, because I absolutely have coffee at home, but I just like going and buying it. That's amazing. I love it. So, I have a few recommendations for you and I'll, I'll send them your way. So how do you, how do you drink your coffee? I do you coffee? have ways to buy coffee? Um, oh. Do you drink iced coffee in winter as well? Yes. I am a really? New Englander through and through. Oh, um, so no. I will drink iced coffee any day of the year. Um, so it can be doing- snowing in Massachusetts and I will go get a nice coffee. That's what I was going to ask. So are you a Duncan fan? I do. I love Dunkin' Donuts. Um, you can't really live in Massachusetts and not love Dunkin' Donuts, but <laughs> I will say like, I'm not that picky. Like I'm not that picky about coffee. So pretty much any iced coffee, any cold brew, like it will satisfy me. So I'm not that picky when it comes to coffee. Ah, okay. So if I have a little bit longer time in the morning, specifically on the weekends, I like grinding the beans, going through the whole rigmarole of French press or pour over. But otherwise, during the week, especially in the summer, it is absolutely cold brew coming out of a um, a container. Yeah, so I do that too. But all I've I've found that I don't like buying the containers of cold brew because then I don't have as much of an excuse to just go get to buy a nice coffee. And I really <laughs> like having that excuse. Okay, so if mine if my like dumb purchase that I can always justify to myself is worth it is coffee, what is yours? Oh, easy. For me, it is the the flowers at Trader Joe's. You know how Trader Joe's has so many little bunches of flowers and they range everywhere from like $4 all the way up to $12 for a bouquet of maybe a dozen roses. Oh, I cannot walk past the flower aisle in Trader Joe's without picking up a little bunch. I love it. And, and you it's know It's very what? specific. So is it specific to Trader Joe's or do you just love yeah. flowers in general? No, specific to Trader Joe's because they have quality <laughs> flowers. They are gorgeous and they last for a while. Trader Joe's is known for having really quality flowers. Like I'm not going to go spend $50 on a bouquet of, of roses or um, uh, a dozen roses somewhere else, mm-hmm. nor am I going to go to a florist and order a big bouquet, which, listen, yeah, tip, boys and girls, is that go to oh. Trader Joe's, pick up a four dollar bunch of flowers mixed bunch whatever it is and give that to your significant other it is a game changer not forget the hundred dollar flower delivery stop at trader joe's at least for me i can say that a four dollar little bouquet of flowers is a game changer yeah, I can definitely get behind the, you know, buy yourself your own damn flowers, but I've just never been inclined to buying flowers. Like it's just never been like, I've never been like, Ooh, I want to like nicen up my room. With <laughs> I'm going to crowdfund a hundred dozen roses to be sent to your apartment. I like, wouldn't know what to do with them. Like I'm, 
especially like I am like the opposite of a green thumb. Like when we were in elementary school and, you know, like you like get your first, like you're trying to grow like a little beanstalk in like a plastic oh, cup. Yes, yes, yes. Mine would always die like immediately. Like no matter what I did, like no, ma- I would follow all the directions and I would try to do everything right and it would still die. Like I am just, me and plants just do not get along. Okay, well, that, that's different. I can't keep alive like an orchid or anything like that, but I have this Monstera plant and I've been able to keep it alive for three years and then I've been able to propagate it as well um, and cut little slips from it. But beyond that, no, I can't keep anything else alive. Yeah, but so like I feel like because like I can't keep anything alive, I don't even want to buy flowers. Like I just never even think about it because I'm like, well, if I buy them, they'll die in like a day. So like, what's the point? So I guess I could not justify to myself buying flowers, but you can justify it to yourself. No, 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 no. It's I, th- I think I think you got to give it a shot, just a shot. I don't. I mean, I like the way they look. I just don't think it's like. I just would never, yeah, I just can't justify it to myself. I'm like, I'd rather spend the $4 on a coffee. Why am I going to spend $4 <laughs> on flowers? All, the, all, I do, all I get out of flowers is looking at them. <laughs> Listen, that's a valid point. And I've probably had significant others in the past. They probably had that exact same mindset and I just didn't get it. Uh, but I totally get it. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. There's there you the go. thing you can always justify spending money on flowers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> also travel by the way i can definitely justify spending money on travel um which has been void and absent from my life yeah really fun months. right now yeah exactly. but I, I wouldn't i wouldn't contra- consider uh travel like a frivolous thing to spend money on or like a dumb thing to spend money on oh, travel is no. very much justified totally. so that's like a whole different category i feel like yeah, I have been um, filling that travel void with Down to Earth, Zach Efron's yes. show. And we chatted about this briefly, but I've binged the entire season. I've got no more to watch. I have one more, but I've watched them all like completely out of order. So I think I have the Puerto Rico episode left, but I've watched the rest of oh, them. Wow. And it's just amazing. Yeah, totally. I'm with you on that. I think it's been such a fun journey to watch and that is 100% goals where I where and what I want to do absolutely like if I had that kind of money that's exactly what I would do I'd be like okay yeah like pay me to travel the world and uh like record this series like heck yeah I'll do that like no question best I love it well I'm looking forward to those days we can hop back on the plane I'll sit middle seats economy on southwest uh just to get back on a plane yeah Sophie. at this point you'll take anything yeah <laughs> i'll take the middle seat thank you very much <laughs> without wi-fi <laughs> oh without wi-fi i can't even i think about this sometime when i'm watching tv shows and then like people are on planes and they don't have like their smartphones or wi-fi and i'm like what did you do for that many hours mm, exactly i mean you know that flight to south africa i don't know insane for that yeah yeah like i've now like had travel days where we're on planes for like 13 hours straight and i'm like what did people do before that there were like a hundred movies at your seat yeah no i i can't even i i can't even recall a time like that no neither can i but like clearly there was like there used to know like there used to not be i think uh, people used to talk maybe they used to talk to each other 
oh, like I like barely ever interact with people I sit next to on planes. Like I can <laughs> no, probably count too. the number. I can probably count the number of times I've actually talked to the people sitting next to me if I didn't know them, like on one oh, hand. Like same. And now with the situation of COVID, oh, definitely not. No chance. I'm talking to anyone. No. no. Yeah. But, like, even now, like, sometimes I get on planes and, like, you're just so used to expecting the screens on the back of the seats that when they don't have it, I'm like, wait, what? What do you expect me to do? How am I going to get through this? (laughs) It's Flintstone A. (laughs) I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, yeah, I just – even and even when I'm on a flight that's 13 hours and it has, like, hundreds of movies, I still get bored and I still get sick of watching things. And it's like I'm still trying to find ways to fill my time. So I'm like – how did people used to do this? Like, no, there's no way. No way. I want nothing to do with that. But I would sacrifice that just to get on a plane safely today. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think I would struggle a lot, but I think it'd be worth it. In the end. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm, I'm super excited about that. And I think also um, the week ahead, if you have um, – oh, by the way, before we go into that – merch we're gonna get some merch for blood certain beers and would love some suggestions and ideas as well we're going something simple maybe with the logo but the different pieces so maybe a trucker hat or a hat a tank anything else that you would absolutely love or use would love some feedback on that from everyone listening yeah guys let us know hit us up on uh on the instagram on the gram let us on know gram. yep <laughs> All right, guys, we don't have anything else to say this week. Join us next week. Christy, or should I say Kirsch, will be running her Bronco for the fitness test at the Olympic Training Center and also an update on her new surfing hobby and uh, any other pregame rituals or habits that you have as an athlete or had as an athlete, hit us up on the gram. Let us know what it is and we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>